After healing a man on the Sabbath, Jesus was confronted by the religious leaders, and he explained that he had the right to heal on the Sabbath because that's what the Father did. When he did so, they wanted to seek to kill him, not only because he worked on the Sabbath, but because he claimed equality with God. Rather than telling the people that they misunderstood him, he gives five reasons why he is equal with God. Listen as we look at those five reasons that Jesus claims and substantiates he is equal with God. If you have your Bibles, and as I say, you should, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 5, and we'll be starting with verse 18. Before we actually start, I want to remind you where, what we're doing. We are searching for faith so that we might, for those who haven't found it, find it. For those who have little faith that they might have more faith and that the, those who have faith might be sure, secure in that faith. And so we've been using the gospel of John to do that because as he said at the close of his gospel, the reason he wrote it is that we might have faith and that he chose to write in his gospel what he chose so that we might have faith. And so there are many things that he could have written about Jesus that he elected not to, but those things that he did so that we might have faith. Now, the context of, of this, and we're going to spend several uh, messages in chapter 5 of John because there's so much information, I don't want to just gloss over it because it's extremely important. So we took a look the last time that Jesus, while he was in Jerusalem on the Sabbath, decided to heal a man who had been ill for over 38 years and that the religious establishment were more concerned with the fact that he was, that the man carried his pallet than that he was healed. And Jesus, when confronted by them, in essence said, I'm just doing what my father does. I work when he works and he works on the Sabbath and so, so do I. And so in a response to this, in chapter 5 of John, verse 18, it says this, For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling, him, his, calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. So we, we have this situation where the religious leaders aren't just opposed to Jesus, they just don't like what he said. They've decided they want to kill him because for two reasons. One, that he dare work on the Sabbath and that he declares himself equal with God, saying that God is his father. Now, Jesus, if Jesus wasn't equal with God, said, no, no, guys, you misunderstand me. So let me set you straight. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus makes it even more clear that he and the Father are equal. And he's going to show five different reasons why he considers himself and is equal to the Father. 
So it says this, therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. So what Jesus says is, my work is God's work and God's work is my work. So I am equal with God because I am doing the work of God. So instead of saying, no, no, you misunderstand, he goes, I work on the Sabbath because God works on the Sabbath of Father, and I do what he does, we work. And so point number one, I'm equal with God because I do the works of God, period. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. So I want you to notice the second thing that Jesus says is that his knowledge is like the Father. He knows everything because the Father shows him it all. Like I shared last week, there's this, this song that says, I know what God has done, but I don't know what he's doing. That's kind of most of us. I can see in my life when I would be praying for something and it seemed like nothing was ever happening. After God answered I understood why it took the length of time that it did, that he wasn't ignoring me, that it wasn't, he didn't care. It was, he was setting things. So I was impatient, not knowing what God is doing. But when I look back, I go, aha, I see. Jesus doesn't need to look back. He sees exactly what God's doing now, in the past, and in the future. His knowledge is equal to God. But he also gives us a promise here. He goes, the Father is going to show him me greater works than these so that you will marvel. And let me tell you one of the marvelous works that he did that convinces me that I don't need these arguments. He rose from the dead like he said he was going to do. And so he has shown marvelous works. He has healed the blind. He has healed the lame. He has healed the deaf. He has raised the dead. He has cast out demons. He's done a number of marvelous works. And the second marvelous work, he saved a sinner like me. Marvelous works. He is showing us marvel this work. So he has shown his work. He has shown his knowledge. And next he's going to show something else. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. The Son has power to raise the dead. The Son has power. That is God raised the dead, and there are times in the Old Testament that we saw that. Elijah prayed, and, and the widow's son was raised from the dead. God showed in the past that he had the power to raise the dead. Abraham, the reason he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, who was the son of the promise, was because Abraham believed that God was even to raise people from the dead. It wasn't that God would stop him. He knew God could raise people from the dead. And Jesus is saying, so do I. So he shows us his power. But notice he says, the son gives it to who he wishes. He doesn't give it to everyone. He gives it to whom he desires to give it to.
forth. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son. Judgment, ultimate judgment, has always been reserved to God. That's why we're told not to judge. Many reasons we're told not to judge. One of the reasons is we don't have all the facts. We tend to make our judgment too soon. God not only knows all the facts, he knows the intentions, he knows the secret thoughts, he knows it all. Therefore, he can make true, just decisions. But it says that now the Father has basically delegated that function to the Son. The Son is the one who gives judgment. He's equal with God because he judges. Now, this is not what most people will talk to you about Jesus. Jesus just loves us. And it's okay. It's no big deal. Just go ahead. Because he just loves you. And if you just have enough faith, he's better than Santa Claus. Because he'll give you everything you ever want. And... And Jesus is close to me, so he's my boyfriend. He, he's all these things that we want to inflict upon him. He's not the God of ultimate, unlimited tolerance. He is judge. That is why I always say I would rather have his mercy than his justice. I don't want to be judged by him. Because I lose. So that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. The fifth reason that Jesus is equal with God is that he is entitled to honor like the Father. Now, if you didn't believe that Jesus was the Son, this would really blow your mind. I'm supposed to give him praise like I'm supposed to give the Father praise? And Jesus says, yes. Because I am God. And notice it says this, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Jesus is making it very clear that all roads do not lead to heaven. You'll hear people talk about, well, all religions are the same, it's just that, you know, they all go to a different destiny, but they all travel and, and ultimately get there. And you'll hear people say, well, religion's kind of like an elephant. You know, the one faith holds the tail and another holds the trunk and another holds the leg. They're all wrong. If you're judging what an elephant is based by what it says, what you feel. Jesus says, this is exclusive. You must honor and have faith in the Son, or you do not honor and have faith in the Father. There are a number of wonderful and not so wonderful faiths, religions, denominations, cults, whatever. If they don't recognize Jesus as the Son of God, then they're not honoring the Father. If Jesus isn't God, they don't honor the Father. Well, that's pretty exclusive. 
I didn't set the rules. Heaven's not my place to determine who goes and who does. Jesus says, the Father sent me. And if you don't recognize that the Father sent me, then you don't honor the Father. So Jesus, rather than saying, hey guys, you don't understand, has said, yes, I am equal to God because I have the work of the Father. I have the knowledge of the Father. I have the power of the Father. I have the judgment of the Father, and I am entitled to receive honor like the Father. But rather than trying to back up and say, well, no, no, you misunderstand, he proclaims boldly who he is. And if Jesus is willing to proclaim boldly who he is to people who want to see him dead, then maybe we should consider his word. The sad thing is, a lot of us who have come to faith in Jesus, faith, it really doesn't impact our lives. It really doesn't change anything. It really doesn't we just, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Wonderful. As Jesus himself will say, not only do the demons believe, they fear and tremble. If Jesus is the Son of God, and he is, if he rose from the dead, and he did, then maybe we should respond to him in faith the way he deserves, and to honor him, and the way we honor him is, yes, we raise our hands and we sing in our voices and we give him praises and we sing, what a friend I have in Jesus. And we do all these things that we praise him. And he's entitled to that and ought to get that. But if we walk out these doors and don't live for him, then we've not really honored him. We've spoken with our mouth, but not with our deeds. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, it says this. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we are told that we should be like him. That we are to have the same attitude that Jesus did. Well, what attitude did Jesus have? Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He's equal with God, but he consented to be a human being. I can't come up with a, an appropriate analogy. I could say that would be like a man becoming an ant. I think the separation is even farther than that. But Jesus said, I have the right to stay in heaven and have all the angels, as we just sang, fall on the floor and worship me. But instead, I will obey the Father and go and become a human being and be mocked and ridiculed 
and sought my death and actually died. A painful, agonizing, shameful death. Because of his obedience to the Father and the Father's love for us. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This is the attitude of Jesus, that he so obeyed the Father, that whatever the Father wanted him to do, he would do. We have such pride. Well, I'll do this, but I won't do that. I'll, whatever, whatever, but I have my standard. He says, what is it, God, you want me to do? I'll do it. For this reason also, God highly exalted him. God highly exalted him. God the Father highly exalted God the Son. And bestowed on him the name which is above every name. God says at this name, this Emmanuel, this God with us, this Yahshua, this Jesus, this person who has come and to be Messiah, he is exalted above everyone and every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and those who are in heaven and on earth and under earth, everyone is going to bow. I don't care whether you're a person of faith or a person of ridicule. We will all have one thing in common one day. We will all bow our knee, whether we're in heaven or on earth or in death. So that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. We who have come to faith are confessing with our tongue, Jesus is Lord, because we have come to faith and we acknowledge who he is and that what he teaches is true because he is true. It's not true because it's true. It's true because he is true. And I can depend on what he says because he knows the Father. So when he tells us of the Father, I know I can believe it because he knows what he's talking about. And he has the power to deliver me from my sins because he said so and he demonstrated it. I can trust. And so I will voluntarily hear now and I pray for the rest of my life, both this mortal body and in immortality, that Jesus is Lord. But if you don't believe, you're still going to confess Jesus is Lord. And it's not just to the glory of Jesus. It's to the glory of God the Father. Because God the Father sent the Son. Because he loved us, he sent the Son. And so when Jesus does what God had directed him to do, he finds glory in the fact that Jesus did what he was told to do. That he was obedient. And he received glory. 
And we should have that attitude also. That when we do what God has called us to do, when we respond in faith, when we respond and see what he's doing and do those things, that we bring glory to God. Oh, yes, it's easy. And yes, we ought to come on Sundays and whenever else and in driving in our cars while we're playing the Christian radio and sing to our heart content and give God the glory. We ought to do those things. Praise God that we do. That's not where it ends. Our confession of his lordship brings glory to God. To God be the glory. Great things he has. To God be the glory. Because he saved a sinner like you and me. To God be the glory because this faith that I have is not a faith that I incorporated and earned on my own, but that it was a gift from him. Because he has given me grace. How is it that I know that I have Because the scripture says, for grace you have been saved. So how do I know that I received this grace? Because of faith. And that not of myself, it is a gift of God that anyone should vote. So even in our salvation, we say, thank you, God, because I don't deserve it. I couldn't accomplish it, but you did. You get the glory. And I don't care how wonderful I am and how great I'm going to be. It's all because of you. You get the glory. Oh, that we were like the angels. Fall on the floor. A holy, holy, holy. All power, all position, all denominate, all dominion, all that belongs to you. I love to sing it as well with my soul. doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It would be going great. It be going terrible. And I'm proud to be an American, but I'm much more thankful that I'm a child of God and I'm in his kingdom. Because it's going to last forever. And our God doesn't do silly, stupid things. Our God is wise and powerful and just and merciful and does these things for our benefit. Therefore, let us have the attitude that Jesus acknowledging who he is, even when it's difficult. I've shared this before, and, and I'll use this in closing, in the sense of when I went to law school, I went to a Christian law school but most of the people who were in that law school weren't Christians and kind of just didn't like that it was a Christian law school. And I go, you read the brochure? Did you read the handbook? Makes no secret that it's a Christian or, and then makes no secret what denomination it comes from. If you didn't like it, you should have done another one. And I would share my faith with them. And I remember this one, one um fellow student of mine, we were sitting in the cafeteria and I was talking about Jesus and he said, Joe, you're so reasonable. 
And yet, you're unreasonable when it comes to how you enter heaven. And my only response to him is that, well, if we come to a conclusion that the color here is white, and you and I agree that the color is white, then it's not unreasonable to say that it's white. Because it's true, and we've come to that agreement that that's the color. If Jesus said that he is the only way to heaven, and he is, then it's not unreasonable to say that he's the only way to heaven. Because it's true. I didn't set the parameters. He did. He's God. I'm not. And while there are times I like to act like God, I'm thankful that I'm not because I would already made a mess of it already. Although there are times I would say, hey, God, can I have the, I get to get them portion? Can I zap them? Or at least you zap them and you zap those people? He doesn't give me that power either. All because I wouldn't know what I'm doing. Coming to faith. Maybe exclusionary. It's open to everyone. It's open to me. It's open to you. It's open to the Chinese, Spanish, the Vietnamese, the French, the Laotian the German, the Ukrainian, the Russian, the Mongolian, people from Argentina and Peru, the entire world over, God is saying, come, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's not exclusionary. When it comes to the offer, he's only exclusionary. You don't accept. God so loved you that he sent Jesus. And Jesus so loved the Father and you that he came. Now I'm a human being, and I probably would never offer my children or my grandchildren for your benefit. I'm not God. To me, you're not worth it. They are. But if I did, and you treated that as if it was of no account, oh, I'd want to get you. How do you think God responds if you reject and trample under the foot his blood that was sacrificed to you? Jesus is the Son of God and is equal. And I don't care what the philosophers say. I don't care what the theologians say. What the scriptures say in response to what Jesus said and did makes it more than obvious that he is God. 
and I, and I pray that you and those listening will take a stand and say, I believe, I will worship, and I will give him glory and honor to his name, because he and he alone is worthy, and all God keeps us there.